coming up on this episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. Money Pants is a cash-based system, and it's that way for a very good reason. However, handing kids cash introduces certain problems that can turn into a headache. For example, what do you do if the cash your kids earned gets lost or stolen? What do you do if the money gets misspent or your kids lose track of what they spent their money on? And what if your kids start having fights with each other about money and business deals they make with each other? In this podcast, we're going to explain the three easy rules to follow to prevent these common cash problems. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day. A new monk arrives at the monastery. He is assigned to help the other monks in copying the old texts by hand. He notices, however, that they are copying copies of the original books. So the new monk goes to the head monk to ask him about this, worried that there may be errors. The head monk says, We have been copying from the copies for centuries, but you make a good point, my son. I will check. The old monk goes down into the cellar with one of the copies to check it against the original. Hours later, nobody has seen him. So one of the monks goes downstairs to look for him. He hears sobbing coming from the back of the cellar and finds the 75-year-old head monk leaning over one of the original books crying. He asks, what's wrong? You idiots, the old monk says with anger and sadness in his eyes. The word was celebrate. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We are your hosts, Hannah and Fontaine Judd, and we're the proud parents of eight sons and seven daughters, ranging in age from newborn to college student. We definitely know the difference between celebrate and celibate. We are both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life, but... The only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. And today's topic is all about cash. And we've covered this topic before, but not quite in this way, because today we're going to be talking about overcoming the five hurdles of dealing with cash when implementing Money Pants. And I think uh, I'll start it off by telling a quick story. I I was talking to a lady the other day where, and I was explaining to her the Money Pants concept. And she's like, oh yeah, I love it. It's great because you're 100% right. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she says, well, I I could never do it because I hate cash. I'm like, oh, what'd you do instead? And she says, well, you know, I, I, I tried all these other things. I tried digital money and fiat currency and blah, blah, blah. And, and she's like, Nothing else worked, and so I finally just gave up. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, that, okay, well, what what happened? And she's like, oh, well, to this day, my kids don't know how to handle money. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, that's not, that's not much of a success story. And, and I, but I understand her, her frustration with dealing with cash. She doesn't want to de- deal with the hassle. And I, I admit there are a lot of potential pitfalls and problems that come with handling cash. And Hannah, you um, you and I, we've been down that road. Yeah, we've- well, we've been handling cash for years. So we are well versed in all the pitfalls of dealing with cash. But we also are aware of all the benefits right? and the advantages of it. So we kind of want to take that head on and go, okay, so if you are dealing with cash, what do you need to look out for? And how do you handle right. and avoid the problems? Well, and, and there are definitely pitfalls. There are definitely problems dealing with cash. And so, and we, we broke it down basically to five. 
Here are the here are the five major hurdles when it comes to dealing with cash, and they are, uh, and this is with regards to money pants. And, and I should clarify, money pants is a cash based system. This is not by accident, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But money pants. We deal with cash. Our children deal with cash. The parents deal with cash. It's a cash-based system. And there's there's definitely uh, a method to our madness. But the problem we'll run into, there are five of them when dealing with cash. And that is, num- number one, lost money. Number two, stolen money. Number three, misappropriated or misspent money. Uh, number four, losing track of the money. And number five, uh shady business deals when it comes to cash. Yeah, and I like how you called these hurdles because they're definitely hurdles that we can help you get over. They're not insurmountable problems. Um, So so that's what we're going to talk about today. So I think uh, let's just go down down the list. Number one was uh, lost cash. And this is where uh, someone has uh, basically their their money is, is missing and you find a $5 bill on the ground or there's a, you know, 50 cents somewhere or, you know, you, you don't know who it belongs to. And then here's the problem is you, unless you write your name on your money, which you shouldn't. Which we've had kids do, though. <laughs> you don't know who it belongs to because it's it's not assigned an owner. You, you can't identify who owns it. And so the, the easiest solution we came up with for, for this first problem is we recommend keeping all your cash in a family safe. And then each person has their uh, expense, uh, their their money in a little. Pla- well, in our family, we just said it's in a plastic baggie, a, yeah, a sandwich Ziploc, bag, a freezer a bag, freezer bag with their name on it. And so when you're off, when you're going to head to the store to go buy something, we just have our kids go to the family safe and grab out their money bags, and that works pretty well. The caveat is you don't give toddlers cash. You have to, and we talked about this when it comes to the the prize bag, where. Uh, you want them to spend it right away. So you still want them to handle cash. You want them to get idea the, used to the idea of cash. So on payday, you hand them their, whatever, $10, $15, $5, $30, whatever it is they earned, and then escort them promptly with cash in hand over to the prize bag and have them take that cash and hand it back in exchange for the toy or the the bike or the clothing or whatever it is that they were that they wanted from the prize yeah, bag. So if they go shopping, like like if if any of the older kids are going shopping, we'll say, yeah, go let, go get your money out of out of the safe, and you know they'll put it in their purse, wallet, whatever. Um, and they're like, oh, I don't want to spend more than twenty dollars, so they'll they'll grab twenty dollars, put it in their wallet, and go off shopping. They typically don't take their whole bag with them because typically there will be like three hundred, four hundred dollars in in their bag because if they're saving up for you know dance classes or something like that they'll just take their own money and go shopping but for a toddler you never want to do that you never want to hand a toddler cash they seriously will lose it within about two minutes and 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 that's it so you might as well just flush uh, no it's flush like it's money. like it's like magic yeah like, where did you, you it might go? as well flush money down the toilet as hand over cash to a toddler at no point should you hand your toddler cash unless it's like here here's the money from your money bag hand it to the cashier there you go well, you know <laughs> and, and, and well and here's the part of the problem here's the i guess the biggest problem with cash is that once it's gone or once it's lost there's nothing you can do about it you have no you have no recourse and there's the the only solution to when it comes to dealing with lost cash is to try to prevent the cash from being lost. And so when it comes to toddlers, 
just don't. <laughs> don't <laughs> when, hand. <laughs> when you when you hand it to them on payday, you promptly help them spend it. And if they're not going to spend it immediately on the prize bag, it should go right into their 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 expense bag and, okay. and put into the family safe. Ba- basically, you're you're going to have a a bank at home. That, that's the idea. Now, now this sounds super complicated, but if you have a filing cabinet that has a key, that's that's your bank. Yep. Um, if you have a drawer in your desk that you know you can lock, that's the bank. So, so if you have a safe, that's great. Or if you want to go buy a, a thing and put a padlock on it, you know, go to Walmart and buy something you can slip a padlock on. That's great. But, you know, look around, see if there's something you have already around the house that can act as your family right. safe. And the idea is, uh, and we've had this problem too, where some of our kids will want mm-hmm. to keep their money with them. And we strongly recommend against that because... The, the less cash you have floating around in the house, the easier it is to uh, find the owner if cash is lost. No, no. Granted, you're talking to uh, some people who uh, have eight sons and seven daughters, and uh, so as you know, they, we're talking a large number of people. With you know, if everybody has their own little bit of cash and loses a dollar here or a dollar there, it turns into a mess. So. So, yeah, um, but let's say you only have five people. That's yeah. So say you have three kids. We're just saying it's a lot easier if you do it this way. Yeah. It's easier yeah. and it, it keeps things on and the I, up and up. And the only other thing I would add to that is that sock money is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably wondering what, <laughs> what in the world is that? Well, during the uh, last year, our kids decided <laughs> for some reason that a safe place to keep their money was their sock. And I don't know who came up with the idea. but It, it happened on trips, family trips. Is that where it yes, came from? Yes, that's where it came from. And <laughs> I can't tell you how many kids have lost a fortune out of their socks. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just, I don't. I don't know. What would happen I mean, though is there would be. You would think a, it be would a, be safer. No, but, but there, would, there would be a sock and it would have a big bulge at the bottom, and I would wonder what that was, and it would rattle. And I'm like, that there's money in there, and sure enough, it, it would be like two. They would have like two or three socks all packed into one. So they put their money. Our kids would put their their coins and their cash into one sock, wad it into a ball, and then put it inside of another sock, and they called it. Sock money, and I—I'm not it. Uh, maybe that's like bra money for, <laughs> no, for some people. No, 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 no. We're not going there. <laughs> Where it's just not a good idea. So, let, don't, uh, avoid that. The the best the best idea I, that we found is just have each kids have their own little you know envelope or or a, a freezer bag with their money in it and put it away when it's not in use. Only use sock money it, in an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's number one. How to deal with lost cash. Or, or the, the hurdle of lost cash. Number two, uh, this is a little more frustrating, but it, it's what, what to do with stolen cash. And this, unfortunately, is going to be a, a potential problem if you have multiple kids dealing with cash and the kids qu- haven't quite learned the values of, of not stealing, haven't quite learned the, the ethics of, of cash and transactions and all that. And they're like, oh, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. You know, that mentality, is, it's still prevalent amongst children. 
Uh, and so you need to deal with what, what do you do when it comes to uh, cash that gets stolen or well, is I, I supposedly mean, stolen? Y- you know, you maybe you're thinking, oh, yeah, you have kids that steal. Well, I, I don't know about you, but most people, if you ask them, hey, do you remember the day that you learned that you stole something and your mom or dad taught you that you shouldn't steal? You know, like, do you, do you remember do you remember that? I mean, I remember my little brother like coming out of the store and having gum in his mouth and and going, "Wow, you got gum!" And soon there was a whole chorus of kids. Can we have gum? And then my parents perked up and went, "Wait a minute, where'd you get gum?" And you know, he had to go back to the store and return it. And you know, everybody, you can usually remember incidents like that where he's an honest boy now but he had to learn it at some I point i think i stole a, mm-hmm. what were they called the the chocolate eggs with the gooey candy center uh, not mm-hmm. not the kinder not the ones with the toy in the middle but cadbury eggs mm-hmm. i remember i i think i stole one of those when i was like five or something and, mm-hmm. and i was eating it in the car and my mom like, noticed him. I don't remember buying you a Cadbury egg and I had to go back and go back to the store and I think I apologized or my mom apologized but I do remember having to go back into the store that's the only part I remember yeah and I- I've taken kids back into the store that sort of thing so so these the, they're the learning experiences at some point you know your kids need to learn this and so why not now yeah so uh, when it comes to stolen cash the easiest solution is uh, is to prevent it in the first place and that uh, and so you're teaching your kids these values these morals but a good way to catch it when it's uh, still in its incipiency when it when it's still easy to catch is to hold payday on a regular basis regular payday what you do is you have to reconcile uh, their piggy bank totals and their piggy bank amounts with their cash. So they take that bag of money that was in the safe and they have to uh, count count up how much money they have, tell you how much it is, and then you look and see if that's what the app says that they have. Yeah. And if it doesn't, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And if they have more cash than they should, than the, the app shows, well, that's usually, <laughs> that's usually a red flag. And so what happens is uh, if you are able to determine, and, and we're not saying that all discrepancies are, are stealing, but usually there's a bit of fudging going on, and we're not we're not about that. Where we want to teach our children to be 100% honest, not 98, not 96, not 75%, 100%. And so if it's off, and you go, well, why do you have more money than you should? Did you take somebody else's money? It's a great it's a great opportunity for discussion. But it's also, it's all there and kind of black and white where hmm, it shows that you should only have this amount and you have more than that, there's a problem. Yeah, and it gives that accountability when you have yeah. the payday where, okay, well, where'd your money go or why do you have too much? And, and the, the rule of thumb is if someone is in fact caught stealing, that it should be, they should have, hey, first of all, they should have to return whatever they stole, whatever amount of cash they stole. But secondly... Uh, there should be a fee associated with it. So it, not only do they have to give back what they took, but they also need to uh, uh, pay some sort of fee. And we've talked about this in another podcast too, about you know crafting <clears throat> effective consequences where maybe you can be creative in coming up with something or it could just be a simple dishonesty fee 
right there in the app. Either way. Yeah, like, uh, well, for example, like once um, I, I had a child who was having a hard time with taking other people's things. And it was a problem. They knew it was a problem. And, and they didn't like and it. And they didn't like it. And they're like, yeah, I have a problem with this. And so I said, okay, how are we going to overcome this problem uh, that you're dealing with? And I said, well, how about this? If I, you know, you take something that doesn't belong to you, what I'm going to have you do is you're going to pay the person for the thing, but I'm also going to have you go buy that thing for yourself. With your money. With your own money. So mm. then... Because that's what you should have done in the first place. Right. Is you should have gone and bought yourself, um, you know, that sweater or that jewelry or that. So they're going to yeah. actually model to themselves yeah, the it, proper behavior. Yeah. And so then you're able to enjoy it and feel, you know, feel good about it and know, okay, no, that's the right thing to do. And that's a good solution, too. That's a really good solution. So that was a helpful solution because, you know, different people have different problems. Your kids are going to have different problems than than what you had or dealt with. So that's number two, kind of what to do with stolen cash. The the real idea is just, you know, hold payday because that'll usually reveal... Any any problems there, and that leads into number th- uh, the number three hurdle, which is if money is misspent or misappropriated. And what what do we mean by that? It means the kids spent the money on something they shouldn't have. And here's the thing, you know, money pants. You're going to be giving your kids a lot of money, you know, th- potentially thousands of dollars to spend. Uh, and it could be, you know, for for football camp or for scouts or for uh, school clothes or for or trips or or whatever or presents or whatever it may be. And the kids, you expect them to spend the money appropriately. You know, four hundred bucks or five hundred bucks on football—that's a lot of money. And if the kid goes, "Well, I don't want to play football. I'm just going to go blow this at the arcade." Well, that's a problem because that's not what you, the parent, were going to spend that money on. Therefore, your children should not be spending that money on that thing. Remember, the whole the whole money pants concept, Hannah, is to take the money you were already spending on your children and have them earn some of it, you know? And so if you were going to spend 500 bucks on football, but instead you give your kid the chance to earn it, and then they go and blow it on something else, that's a problem. And that's what, so that's the third that hurdle is is misspent or misappropriated cash and yeah so like if my kids are like going to the store and they say hey um we're gonna bike over to the store and um you know i'm gonna buy the you know this tool or that and and i'm like okay first check the app show me like that you have fun money right like where's that money that, that's coming the first from thing. that's yeah. the very first thing and yeah. if they don't have any fun money i'm like nope sorry uh no can do or if they do have fun money, I'll say, oh, you have $15 of fun money. You can take $15 with you. And then when they come back, you know, I say, hey, I, I expect you to enter into the app anything that you spend. And so on payday, you, you'll have the whole list of anything that they spent that week. And mm-hmm. so it should be there. So, and, and that's just talking about using non-fun money for fun. But it could also be, you know, using, uh, again, I'll go back to football, using football to buy clothing you know, their football money to, to buy clothing. Also not okay. So uh, the easiest solution for this problem of misspent money is to, once again, have payday every week. Because what what will happen is the app will have you review the expenses that they made. And it'll also show you their piggy banks of, and you're going to make sure that the cash, their cash matches their individual piggy banks where, oh, why, why don't you have, why are you spending money out of football? It says here you bought new shoes. Okay, that's not <laughs> that's not how it should be. 
So that that all happens on payday. It happens automatically. If if they've spent any money, it'll automatically review, which is cool. And so it'll you know if a kid has a skateboard, it'll show which piggy bank they use to buy it. And it shouldn't be coming from. I mean, maybe they do have a skateboard fund, but if it's coming out of, you know, once again football or scout camp or whatever, mm, that's a no-no. But then another example, I guess, would be where a kid made uh, uh, an incorrect purchase. Where what what do you do if they do? If your kid goes to the store and they come back and they're like, okay, well, I, I bought this thing, and you you recognize, yeah, you weren't supposed to do that. What do you do? Well, so, we just we yeah we we've had that happen so recently our our kids some of our kids went to the store came back with a bunch of stuff and I said okay did you enter it in and and we, we I I looked at him like oh you bought that with money that wasn't fun money and so and it was definitely um, a fun money item yeah and so it, it, we said okay you need to get back on your bikes and you got to take the item back and, and <laughs> return so they had to bike all the way back to the store stand in the return line do the return get the money back put it back in into their accounts because that was they weren't following their following their budget yeah. And so th- these are, I- now you're like, oh, well, that sounds like a hassle. No, these are important lessons to learn. Like Life you lessons. want these them, are, yeah. you want them to learn these lessons now mm-hmm. and get used to these ideas now, as opposed to making huge mistakes when they're adults. And so when people say, oh, I give my kids money and allowances because I want them to learn how to handle money, money pants actually does that because they actually have a budget that they're supposed to stick to and follow it's not as serious as the budgets that adults have to follow but it's a budget it's a great primer and they have to follow it and they have to learn to follow it and this will prepare them for handling money responsibly Mm -hmm. as an adult so but then the next question though would be hannah what what if you can't return it like what if our kids had bought something i don't know like uh ice cream and they, they weren't supposed the to. Yeah, they didn't have the money. And they've for already that. eaten it. Uh, you can't you can't take it back because it's already gone. Uh, and so what we, a couple of suggestions there is if if your kids use the money to buy something they shouldn't be or shouldn't have, uh, the easiest solution is to uh, well a couple of solutions. One, have them do job jar or work outside the home until they replace the funds that they spent erroneously. Yeah, and until that happens, though, all their money is locked. Um, yeah. It's locked. Yeah. Sorry. So, you, so they, you they don't have access. Yeah. They don't have access to their money. money. Also, if they let, let's say uh, a girl, you know, she bought herself a, a nice pair of shoes, and it was supposed she was actually supposed to be saving up for ballet. She used her ballet class money to buy herself an, a pair of shoes that she wanted. Well, what you do is you take those shoes and say, "Oh, I'm so that," and we can't return them for whatever reason. It was a uh, one-time deal or a garage sale. They were or who on knows. sale, yeah. non-returnable. Whatever. And so what you do is you say, okay, well, uh, you weren't supposed to buy those. And uh, you know that. And you took it out of your other piggy bank that you know, was for ballet. So what we're going to do is we're going to take these shoes and we're going to put them up here in my closet. And you have a couple of options. You can do job jar until you've earned enough to pay for the shoes, uh, to repay your your ballet. Or, uh, uh, and then also, uh, you, can't, you can't use these until that happens. So it's, it's actually very simple where give them the opportunity to to do job jar to, to make it up and they can't access the item or their money for that matter 
uh, because they've been a little irresponsible. So they, they lose access to their money, but they also lose access to the thing that they bought that was they weren't supposed to. Okay. And then along the, these lines, though, I also want to talk briefly about... Uh, the, we're not talking, though, about rescuing your kids from bad purchases, where... It, just because, uh, for instance, our, our kids have have fun money, and maybe they're off. They, they, we had a son who went and bought himself a. He was really excited because he's into avionics and and engineering and, and and all these sorts of things. And he got himself a styrofoam plane glider thing at the store. And I, Hannah, you were there. Were, yeah, did you help and him I, buy I, it? I said, I said, are you sure you want to spend eight dollars on this? This looks like it's just cheap styrofoam. It's just gonna break are you sure you don't want to just make something yourself or buy something a little higher quality or, yeah, yeah yeah but he was gung-ho he He's was like no 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 really this is what i want thing. i want this and he went ahead and bought it and played with it for a couple of days and sure enough bits and pieces of it started falling off so then he like was he had modified it and and <laughs> yeah, added stuff to it and taped it and a popsicle stick stuck in there to and keep after, the nose from falling off yeah and after two weeks he goes you know it is a piece of junk i want to take it back to the store and get something different i'm like you, you know what? No, you, you knew what you were buying when you bought it. You knew it was a piece of styrofoam. I and warned you at the time. Yeah, yeah. You need to, you need to be more careful about what you do. Yeah, don't don't purchase. get caught up in the moment because yeah. it's exciting when you see something you want and you have the money to buy it. You know, kids and adults for that matter <clears> get excited, <throat> and then we get buyer's remorse. The goal of this, Hannah, is to uh, not rescue our children. Uh, from buyer's remorse. Yeah. Where, there was nothing wrong with the styrofoam no. airplane. It's just, and, it, and wasn't had, sturdy. No, no, it wasn't sturdy. He had the money to buy it. It came from the right account. Everything was yeah. right. But he he probably shouldn't have bought it. But we want we want him to learn that. We yeah. wanted him to learn that lesson. That's a yeah. really good lesson. It was his, it was his money. Yep. And similarly, I had a nine-year-old daughter who... Uh, wanted to buy herself a watch. And her sister had a watch. She wanted a watch. And so I was there at the store. She spent a half hour picking out the watch that she liked the best. And after a week, she's like, nah, I think I want to go get a different one. And it's like, you know, you, you, you open, there was nothing wrong with the watch. It's just she, yeah, changed her mind. She wanted to try another watch. And I'm like, that's not entirely, that's not honest to, you know, take it back to the store, you know, because they have to like repackage it, restock it or throw it away. I don't know what they do with it when you return something like that. And so I'm like, no, that that's not quite, that's not That's honest. not a good reason to return something. You need something, to do yeah. your shopping, you know, you need to make up your mind before you buy something. Yeah, she, need, she needs to be better at shopping. Yeah. Uh, now, and that, we're not saying <clears throat> that you shouldn't uh, let your kids, you know, try things out. and, and cause, Because that's true, Hannah. Maybe you don't know. Maybe there's not enough information at the time of the purchase. So you do purchase something, take it home, play around with it, figure out, oh, this doesn't do what I thought. Then it's appropriate to take it back. Yeah. But just buying something because you felt like it, playing with it for a week, and then returning it because you were done playing, yeah. not yeah, okay. Yeah, well, in, in contrast, I, I took my teenage daughter swimsuit shopping, and she bought a $40 swimsuit at a, at a store, and within three weeks of her wearing it, 
all the sewing like started coming undone and it just the whole thing like fell apart it was like it was so poorly constructed. It was a poor and quality it, swimsuit. Is yeah, what you're it, it was. It was. Uh, uh, it was defective. It, she had just worn it a couple of times uh, to her swim practice, and and it had just fallen apart. The material had faded, fallen apart. It was all this. The sewing was coming undone, and it it, it wasn't honest. It wasn't an honest from the um, company. From the company, yeah. they were selling something that was poor quality that should have at least lasted the summer mm. and instead it fell apart within three weeks and so yes i i had her take it back but it wasn't she it wasn't her going hmm i've actually you know i've worn this swimsuit for two weeks i'd like to have a different swimsuit that i try and yeah. wear for two weeks and that wouldn't quite that wouldn't be well, honest to take it back at it, that point and we've heard stories we used to uh, shop at costco um, and they had a, I think it was a, a lifetime return policy or some really good return policy at Costco where basically you could return something forever if, mm-hmm. if you ever, for whatever reason. And it turned out that some people were being dishonest. They'd buy a TV, use it for a couple of years and return it to Costco to get the new latest and greatest. And Costco. And they thought they were, it, people who do that think they're being so clever and in fact, it, it's just dishonest. It's just dishonest, and then it ruins it for everybody and else. And so Costco had to change their policy, their return policy for electronics, where I think it was 90 days at the time, mm-hmm. where it was no longer a lifetime warranty, essentially. It was reduced to 90 days, which, you know, it's just, like you said, it, it kind of ruins it for everybody. And when you think you're being clever, in reality, you're just being dishonest. Yeah. So, so teach so, your kids to be honest in how they shop, treat the person selling it, whoever that may be, how they would want to be treated yeah. if they were the seller. And you know, and then, and like we said, you know, don't don't you don't uh, rescue your kids from poor purchases. Like going back to the Falcon buying the the toy plane that promptly disintegrated, despite us warning him that it would. Uh, there was the story of uh, Benjamin Franklin, where he, he bought the whistle, and I think everyone knows this story, where you know he bought a whistle because uh, he was so excited about buying a whistle, and he paid way too much money for it. And he got home, and he was showing it off to his siblings, and they're like, oh, that's really cool, great whistle. How much did you pay for it? And he told them, and they, they were all like, and what? they just all started laughing. They He was like, what, the youngest of like 13 children yeah, something or something? like that. 17 yeah. or something and, like that. And um, he, he, the, the, as the story goes, you know, his satisfaction was cut short when his brothers and sisters finding out how much he had paid for it informed that he had been, he had forked over four times as much money as it was worth, to which Benjamin Franklin said, the reflection gave me more chagrin than the whistle gave me pleasure. So... But I think it's interesting, you know, he learned a great lesson that day. But also I noticed his parents didn't go march over and take that whistle and, and demand he get his money back. His parents let it ride. Where he had made a poor decision with his money, he needed to own the consequences of it. And he did. He, he learned a valuable lesson that day. And can anyone argue that Benjamin Franklin was not good with money after that? I mean, he was remarkably good. Matter of fact, he's so good, his base is on the $100 bill. <laughs> He'd be so, proud of that. <laughs> okay, so that's number three. What to do when money goes uh, mis- is misappropriated or misspent. Number four, what to do if kids lose track of their money. And this will happen, you know, if they just didn't enter in their receipt or they forgot they bought something. 
Or maybe, yeah, like they didn't have a phone with them. Right. And when they got home, they're, you know, they, they forgot. Yeah. So, yeah. So what, the, again, and the solution for this one is very similar to the previous one. And that is hold regular payday. Because what will happen is if, if you hold regular payday, it'll show up that their cash that they have in their their envelope or their plastic bag does not match what the app shows. And you'd be like, wait a minute, you're off by $13.23. What what did you buy this week? And the kid will go, like, oh, I forgot to put in that I bought a swim cap. And you're like, okay, well, let's enter that in. You take care of it. If it's only been a week since the last payday, you'll catch it. And it, it, it it's easy for the kid to remember. But if it's been like two months since you've had payday, it's a lot harder for them to remember, oh, $13.23. That could have been one thing. It could have been three things. Like, who knows? Did somebody steal my money? Yeah. yeah they, so they won't know. It, holding regular payday takes care of this problem pretty easily. And it, the thing is, though, is that, that holding payday, it keeps people motivated because it it's rewarding, but it also makes dealing with cash way easier. So kind of the overarching principle that we're going to, one of the major solutions to dealing with cash that we're kind of harping on here is to hold payday. There are many benefits for holding payday regularly because right. that's the time you go over your goals and you that's, spending, you yeah, over, that you, keeps you, you motivated. Cash accounts, you it's mastery. Yeah, it keeps people focused and working on their goals and on their their chores and everything. So, so there are many benefits to holding yeah. regular payday. This is just one of them, but it's it's an important one. So when you're dealing with cash, you have to regularly like pay attention, you know, uh, reconcile your accounts. Okay, right, right. Um, but when you're dealing with like let's say a credit card or a debit card, you don't have to do it. The the bank like makes the whole list of what you what you took took right uh, what you spent and 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 so you start going well. Why do I need to look at that? Why do I need to reconcile that? What's the point? The bank you know does this for me, and and so what I've noticed is because of the easiness of of that, a lot of people don't look at their finances on a regular basis. Because they don't have to. Because they don't have to. And But if you're dealing they, with cash. <laughs> yeah, but but they run into a lot of problems because that like I just read an article this last week about how people will have like multiple credit cards, debit cards, and they've like signed up for subscriptions to things and they don't realize they have hundreds and hundreds of dollars per month of, of fees in just like random subscriptions. Right, right. And so they actually like are unaware of where their money's going and stuff. So there's and they lose great, a lot of money. They lose tons of money because of it. Yeah. So even though they're, they have a credit card or a debit card, they should be looking at their money regularly. We've also had fraud on our, yeah. on our accounts where if we hadn't caught it within that month, we would have lost thousands of dollars. Yep, yep. And so if cash forces you basically to look at your finances yeah. more frequently, and that's actually a habit you want to be in even when if you switch over to debit cards and exactly. credit cards. Yep. So that by the time the kids do leave home and they do get that debit card and they do get that credit card, they're already in the habit of checking every week how they're doing and how things, making sure things match up and going. And that's the other thing, Hannah, when you go in, if, if you rely on your monthly statement from the bank, it's true. They keep track of all that stuff, but maybe what's on there uh, in on the statement doesn't reflect what you remember buying. And it's like, oh, here's a charge for $18. And you're like, oh, generic merchandise. 
what did I buy? I don't remember what I bought. And if you don't, and if you don't do, if you don't update that on a regular basis, you could have all these charges that you're like, I don't know what I spent my money on. I know I spent it, but you don't know what, and it's harder to track and and to change. Yeah, that was a lot of families that we met with when we were setting up Money Pants. That's actually a problem we ran into, which is why we made Money Pants the way we made it. Is many adults have no idea how much money they spend on what because they don't do their finances. Oh, no, no, remember? And so so that's why we had to create a way to go, okay, this is how much you spend on your kids. And and so we had to figure, figure it out for them because, you know, who so many people that is how they do their finances they they don't they just at the time i i remember this where i think we were spending like 300 bucks a month on or 300 bucks a week on food mm-hmm. and we told somebody that and we're like so that's what our family spends you know do you what do you spend and they they were like 300 dollars a week whoa i i never spend that much money and we're like oh really okay well let's break it down and we broke down their grocery shopping and they they were they were like, oh, well, I guess I spent 150 on that trip and 100 on that trip. I'm like, okay, so you spent $250 on groceries this week. What about eating out? And they're like, oh. that oh, counts as groceries? Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> it does. And then what about your kid's lunch and, and then the snack foods that you bought and, and then the impulse purchases when you were getting, going through checkout? And after we added it all up, it was closer to $500. And they were shocked how much money they were spending on food. They had no idea that they were spending that much money on food. But if they had been doing this, you know, weekly Actually, accounting. that's happened more than once yes, where people happens, are like, several oh, times, how yeah. are you spending that much money on food? And it, you're like, okay, you know what? I keep track of it and I know you don't. <laughs> So. But not only that, which is funny because we have much a much larger family than most of the people we work with. Mm-hmm. And we actually spend less than a lot of people because we're so frugal, but also because they have no clue. And it's so easy to spend if it's just numbers on a screen. But as soon as it's cash, and I know this isn't a the Power of Cold Hard Cash podcast, but uh, if if it's cash, you're a lot more careful. So, all right. So that's, that's number four, uh, how to deal with uh, losing track of money. Hold payday. Just hold payday. The, here's the, and now here's number five, the fifth hurdle. To, to overcome when, when dealing with cash, and that is shady business deals where, and here's the thing, as soon as kids get money, they want to do a deal. They want to, I don't know, it's just so much fun. You have cash, you have money. Even if it's pennies, they want to be trading All of a sudden, the penny. entrepreneurs. It, it's, it's really cool. I love it. it. It's really fun to watch. And But now that they're buying their own stuff, they realize they have other stuff that they want to sell. I remember in fourth grade where we had, we were studying the gold rush. And so the teacher went out and painted a bunch of rocks gold and spread them throughout the playground. And during recess, the kids would go out and hunt for gold. It was the gold rush. And they come back to class. And they we had this whole thing going on where we had elected judges and we had uh, 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 sheriffs and, and people enforcing the law. And then people, kids would bring stuff from home to sell for these little gold nuggets. The, the actual things they would bring to school to sell for these gold nuggets that they would trade. It was a whole uh, ecosystem marketplace that going on here. And be, because as soon as money was involved, the kids, like you said, Anna, the, the entrepreneurial spirit kind of overtook my fourth grade class. And I think most kids are, are, are no different where as soon as you start paying them money, they want to make, they want to make deals. They want to, they want to sell stuff. They want to buy stuff. They want to get rid of stuff that they had. It's just fun and exciting. And, 
like our kids during the lockdown when there was no school, there were no sports, they had nothing to do. So they created, uh, they, they, they call it the city game. Where oh, and they would they would make like stuff out of uh, I don't know they would weave baskets out of grass and yeah I don't and they make little clay like, figurines and they had like metal shaving piece pottery whatever and in my in my mind it was garbage but to them it was like oh these little treasures these these trinkets these things and they would they they started selling them back and forth to each other and and spending and actually actual cash money. And we caught wind of it, and we're like, no, no, that that you uh, you, you can't you can't be selling your siblings garbage or or uh, other things that we've also seen in the past where uh, shady business deals where one kid will say, hey, I'll pay a pay a quarter if you do my job. Okay, that's that that's not what we're about. Or or how about this one? I'll I'll pay you a dollar if you don't tell mom and dad. Yeah. These yeah. all these all qualify that, as shady, shady shady business deals. So the solution mm-hmm. is is pretty simple and that is uh the, the mom and dad oversee all money transactions between siblings. Yeah, and so, if you do a money transaction and it's not in front of us, it's n- null and void. Null and void. Correct. Yeah, it does not it does not stand. Oh, but they said nope, you did not do it in front of us. But she sold give, me that for, her, for for a dollar and I wrote my her, name on a bubble block. Give her money back. You are not, you know, yep. you're not supposed to do that and you know it. And so that prevents a lot of fights. So they can still be entrepreneurs. My daughter can say, hey, look, I have this old pair of high heels. I took really good care of them. I, I bought them for $10. I'd be willing to sell them to you for 5 And they'll bring it to me, say, mom, we want to make a business deal. Um, I'm going to sell her these for 5 Is that is that fair? Is that okay? And she's like, and I'm like, you want to buy those? Uh, yep, yep, yep. Okay, sure. And, and that's, that's all. They just have to do it in front of me. And, you know, because every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, well, I bought this for $2, and it was two years later. They're falling apart. You know, it, the, the shoe doesn't even have a strap or shoelaces, and they want to sell it for the same price or more right. than they bought it. I'm like, uh, no, you're, well, taking, you're taking advantage of— But they of, think uh, they're being of, clever. Yeah, you're taking advantage of your little brother. That's not, that's not how we—that's not fair business. That's these not are a my, fair price. These are my, these are my football cleats. I, I realize that this half is missing, but I'll sell them to you for three dollars. And like, no, 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 you can't, yeah. you can't do that. So, so, so it, it just prevents so many fights and problems. Just having that little rule of, hey, if you well, want to do a business deal with your uh, any cash transactions, money transactions between siblings, has to be done in front of mom and dad. But it's such a great teaching opportunity because you're able to when when these transactions these these deals go in front of mom and dad it gives mom and dad the opportunity to teach the kids what is fair and equitable where johnny may think oh i i I got a great deal i I sold that i sold my younger brother these the old torn cleats for five bucks good for me well he didn't look at it from his brother's perspective that basically took advantage of his brother so it's a teaching moment it's really cool yeah and so you can say you know johnny i appreciate that you want want to sell these but what you're asking is not a fair price and what you're selling is not an okay product. So it's a teaching moment. But like you said, Hannah, it also helps avoid fights. But when mom and dad oversee these transactions, it also helps establish ownership where, especially when it comes to girls and clothing, we haven't had as much of a problem with the boys, 
but it, it would prevent boy problems with boys too. But the girls, they'll sell each other, you know, a, a, a top or some shoes or some pants or something like that. And when mom and dad are there, we go, okay, these whatever leggings are now, they now, they're no longer your superstar. They belong to Sassy and we'll have Sassy write her name on it. And there it's all, it's all above board. And there's no confusion who they belong to in the future. And again, preventing fights. It prevents so many fights. But it also prevents the person from <laughs> buyer's remorse where we'll we'll say, okay, Sassy, are you sure you want to buy those for $5? Oh yeah, I love them. They're the best. I love the pink, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Superstar, you can sell those to Sassy. Sassy, hand over your money. Sassy hands over the money. We watch it. She marks it in the app. And then two hours later, Sassy goes, oh, oh, no, I, I don't want these anymore. I didn't really go. The, the, the. Nope. We, we already went through this. We went through all the steps. You um, Those belong to you. I'm sorry that now you realize that you had bought something else. It's too late. So it prevents that that problem as well. And it helps just keep people and t- keep children and helps them uh, teach them to be honest and to be careful with their money and the deals that they make. So that's that's number that's number five is, is how how to deal with the, this hurdle of, of potential shady deals. So having the kids deal with cash in this way, we found that when the kids move out of the house, they are able to handle their debit cards, credit cards, bank accounts, investment accounts. They're able to handle those things very well and they're well. very yeah. well prepared they 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 understand uh, you know to avoid debt they understand how to manage their finances uh for the most part that's not to say there won't be an exception or or, or whatever but they are very well prepared to take the next step mm-hmm. of having their own bank account and they're and the whatnot. most most likely to succeed yeah they're yeah go. most likely to succeed it doesn't mean they will but they they are they're most likely to succeed. But we have run into a couple of problems. We're going to share those, and I'm sure we'll run into more, but we're going to share a couple of problems that we have run into. One was we did have a, an adult child get scammed with cash where we hadn't taught the child when to not use cash. Right. Well, it was it just? It's one of these, you know. My one child, uh, they are out of the house. They don't. They don't live here at home anymore. They're they're an adult. Uh, they're technically an adult now. They're on their own. And a two guys pulled up in a truck or a van or something and said, "Hey, we were we're working on this construction project, and the the super rich owner doesn't want this projector anymore. They're swapping it out with another one." And so, you know, we're we're just going to take it to the dump. Do you want it? We'll give it to you for like eight hundred bucks. And this child of mine goes, oh, that's a really good deal. And they looked it up on their phone and, and looked at the website and it said it was a good deal. And, he's like, oh, and, and so they were like, okay, I'll, I'll buy it. And this child of mine handed over the, the cash and these two dudes in the truck, you know, drove off. And, and fast forward, you know, my, my child decided, oh, you know what? It's not as great a deal as I thought it was. I'll just sell it on eBay only to find out it was a scam product. It wasn't a quality product. It wasn't a legitimate projector that was worth $5,000. It wasn't a high-end anything. It was just two dudes in a truck. And it was a pretty elaborate scam. They had a whole website set up and the packaging was really good. But because my child had used cash, they had no recourse. And that would have been a great deterrent where if they had used a credit card or a debit card. No, credit card, mostly. Well, credit card. They would, well, first of all, the people wouldn't be able to accept it. And so it would have put the kibosh on the deal right there. 
where, well, I only have debit, so can you accept debit card? And the guys would be like, and the, and the truck would be like, oh, no, we can only do cash. Oh, well, sorry. Because that's a red flag. If someone only accepts cash, mm, probably not a legitimate product. So, so yeah. So the point of this story is if, if you are, you know, teaching your kids on a cash based system when they do transfer over into adulthood you do need to explain that okay when you make a major purchase you do not want to make that with cash because then you lose all recourse yeah we're we're huge proponents um, of the credit card where you have purchase protection yeah and we highly recommend once the kids leave home and they've established and they've learned discipline yeah they've established they know how to use cash properly a credit card's a great boon because you got points and, and all sorts of, of, of well, I, protection. I mean, I, there's a time, there's a time and a place to use a credit card. Right. And, and so for major purchases where if the product is bad, you want to make sure that you have a way to return it in that, right. in that situation. Right. And so that actually keeps the sellers honest and protects you from scams. So that that is one issue that you want to pay attention to. The only other thing that we ran into was our our one of our daughters uh, showed up with a counterfeit twenty dollar bill, and it was really good. And I don't know where it came from. I'm wondering if it was changed from the store. Or if we got it when we withdrew cash from the bank. I'm not sure. I was impressed that our daughter figured out that it was counterfeit. It was so good. The only way you could tell is if it it didn't have the watermark. But even Mm -hmm. the the, the gold-plated printing and just everything about it, the paper, the way it felt, everything, it was really, really good. And she determined, wait a minute, it's not – it was just – just off, just just ever so slightly, and you had to really kind of study it before you determine which one it was out of their twenty dollar bills. So, and I don't know what to do about that, but that is a problem with dealing with cash is counterfeit. But I think the benefits greatly outweigh any of these potential problems and any of the hurdles that we've talked about. The benefits of cash. And we talk about it extensively in our The Power of Cold Hard Cash. That podcast, we talk about it extensively. But the the, the basic is, you know, uh, cash works really well when it comes to teaching the, the value of things and the economy of labor. And that's part of the problem, too. Is And, and uh, like I said, I want to kind of wrap this up. But I wanted to talk briefly on these new apps that we've seen, these allowance apps and these chore apps where they have this digital currency. And Hannah, we tried, and, and uh, let me back up. The, the, the idea is great because you want to set it and forget it. You want to set spending limits for your kids. You want to uh, have an automatic transfer every, yeah, every week and, or every and, month. And you and, could set it so, hey, you only can make these purchases here and here and here. At these different stores, yep. And, and it sounds really great. And we we were like, hey, we've got this Money Pants product. You know, there's no other app that does what our app does. Mm-hmm. And let's let's do digital yes. digital money. And we, um, that would solve so many problems. You wouldn't have yeah. to worry about their money getting stolen. You wouldn't or have to worry or, yeah. about it getting misspent. You wouldn't have to worry about any of these things that we mentioned in the podcast today. And we tried digital money for two years. And if you want to know what happened, you got to listen to the podcast, <laughs> The Power of hard cold cash but we'll we'll give you the summary of what happened it did not work 
It did not work. It did not produce the results that uh, we got we get with uh, when we use cash. Yeah. Cash and is king. So it works. So you can find out because uh, maybe you're thinking, ah, money pants is nice, but what if I took money pants and I, I uh, the concept and I use it with one of these digital things. If that's what you're thinking, go listen to the power of hard cold cash and find out why you don't want to do that and consider that before you make that decision. Mm-hmm. Because that's that was something we really wanted, and we really, really, really wanted it, and, and we wanted it to work, and we determined no, and uh, so and that it, podcast explains yeah. why, and all the psychology, and all the studies, and everything that goes into why cash works so much better. So, so, but our podcast today it was focused on hey, here are the problems you will run into if if you're dealing with cash. Here's how to avoid them, and you know we can sum up the solutions into three things. Well, no, no, let's just talk. Here, here's what we talked about. The five hurdles were, you know, lost money or lost cash, stolen cash, misspent cash, uh, lost track of cash, or, you know, shady business deals dealing with okay. cash. Okay. And, and there there were three solutions. Uh, rule number one, keep everyone's money in a family safe. Put it in labeled plastic baggies. Uh, label it with their name. Okay. So rule number one, keep everybody's money in a family safe in the bags. Rule number two, Hold payday regularly and review the cash. Make sure what's on the app matches what's in the bag. Rule number three, all business money deals have to be in front of mom and dad. Yeah. So. Those three rules. If you follow those three rules. Yeah. uh, Um, You won't have any problems. Family safe, regular payday, reviewing cash, and all, all business deals at home have to be in front of mom and dad. You follow that, you'll avoid most of the problems associated with dealing with cash. And that's it. Those are those are all of our thoughts on how to deal with and overcome the five hurdles of dealing with cash because cash really does work and it's very effective. If you like what you hear in this podcast, please tell your friends. They may want to listen to. We may share a solution to a problem they are currently facing. And if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, please go to our website under support and click contact us, send us an email, and we'll get right on it. And that's it for today. Enjoy our mystery guest composition. We'll see you next time.